Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Tom Brady is now saying He's going to play past 45. Helmets off is on. Hey, folks, welcome to another episode of Helmets Off. Scott Mitchell, your host here. Uh, we love to dive into, you know, my thoughts underneath my brain. And, of course, the thoughts of others underneath their brain. What do people really feel about things? Got a great show today. Uh, please like us on uh, Facebook at the Helmets Off Podcast. On Twitter at the Helmets Off Show. We're powered by kslsports.com. And we uh, really appreciate you being here. So like us and uh, love when you listen in. Feel free to share your comments, thoughts with uh, what we have going here. And we'd love to hear what you have to say. All right, um, first segment here, fascinating offseason has already started. We haven't even got to the Super Bowl yet. And we're starting to see some trades uh, with these quarterbacks. Going to be a lot of movement. Uh, I mean, there's always some movement, you know, with quarterbacks, with coaches, with other marquee players. But the one that uh, started it all off, and I think is just, extremely intriguing because is Matthew Stafford going to the Rams for basically Jared Goff? And it, it's just fascinating in a lot of senses, but let me start here. Watching Matthew Stafford, I felt like he's one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL at throwing the ball, period. And I watched a guy named Dan Marino do it up close for four years, and he was he was the best. But I'm telling you, Matthew Stafford just, he can throw it. <laughs> and he's put up some remarkable numbers. Uh, you know, he's had some injury issues, uh, hasn't won a lot, you know, whatever. From a talent perspective, though, Matthew Stafford brings it, okay? And you go, well, you know, he's been on the Lions. So, you know, it, and that kind of concerns me. And it concerns me that you become a professional loser, right? I mean, I mean that's really kind of where it, it you know, you, you get so used to a culture of losing and, and it's hard to shake. And I think that's going to be the most challenging thing for Matthew Stafford is how do, I, how do I get out of that, you know, losing culture kind of mentality? 
and and they've they've changed coaches, they've changed GMs, but they haven't changed a culture, and it's a culture of losing. And he spent his entire career in the middle of it. So does that magically just leave when you when you go somewhere? Is that you know is that kind of how it happens? Because Tom Brady went from the New England Patriots to Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that that culture that culture changed the minute he signed when he walked through that front door the organization changed is that going to happen for matthew stafford when he goes to the los angeles rams because here's my second concern it's the rams when you have jared goff and you give him a hundred plus million dollars just a couple of years ago and you give todd Gurley about the same amount of money and you say these are the these are the foundational building blocks of our organization when you give them all that money that's what you're saying and shortly after that they go to the super bowl the rams do and todd Gurley is aol he's gone not even around and then and then this year down the stretch jared Goff is gone like they're they're playing a guy that was in in the American Football Alliance Spring League, who was a, okay. And they're saying, we're considering starting him over Jared Goff, the guy we just gave $100 billion to. How does a guy, Jared Goff, how does he all of a sudden just become terrible? Like, he's magically just a terrible, terrible player? I mean, I mean, what would, you know, the irony of all of this, the irony of all of it is Jared Goff goes to the Detroit Lions and they all of a sudden become a winner. And, and then, it, and then you, you wonder, oh, and maybe the Los Angeles Rams become, you know, a loser. I mean, I, and I'm not trying to say Matthew Stafford's a loser because I, I think he's extremely talented or, you know, and, and, and I think Jared Goff is too. There was this, this thing I saw recently and it was an interview with Nick Saban and, and Bill Belichick is fast, is wonderful, it's fascinating. And they go, look, um, these players are good. And you don't coach them all the same way. And really good coaches know how to coach players differently. They know how to, what buttons to push and what direction and, and they just know. So um, Jared Goff has proven, like if, if a guy can play in the NFL, Figure out how to get the best out of him because he can play. And, and a guy just doesn't all of a sudden just get bad. But there is a mindset, and it's a real concern for me with Matthew Stafford. It's a real concern it, that a mindset doesn't change. You know, you, uh, you know people go, poverty is, is a mindset, right? And, and uh, you, can give, you can give someone who's in, you know, in poverty millions of dollars, and they'll end up figuring out how to get it back into poverty because that's where they feel they belong or that's where they're comfortable. So the biggest challenge for Matthew Stafford probably is himself, but talent wise and, and getting on what is arguably a really good football team. I mean, they don't have all the weapons offensively, but defensively they're defensively. They're a team that can really, um, you know, you can win with, with a defense and that's hard to do in today's NFL with the rules and, and how everything has changed. And, uh, but the, I'm telling you, the Los Angeles Rams have, have a very good defense. So 
Matthew Stafford gets out of his way. Yeah, the the I think the, I think the Rams, I think the Rams could could be a pretty good a pretty good team. I mean, they were close a year ago, and and it's hard it's hard in the NFL to kind of go from, well, this is what we did last year. I mean, sometimes it works, and you start seeing uh, teams trend. You, know, you think about the Dallas Cowboys in the early '90s. You know, like 90, 91, you, you just said, yeah, this, you know, Troy Aikman's starting to come together, Emmett Smith, they make the playoffs, they're kind of, you know, they, they kind of lose in the playoffs and then they, then they win, you know, the next year. And you, and you see that maturation of these teams that learn how to win. And, and so you kind of look at that Rams team, you see, yeah, they're kind of close. You look at Patrick Mahomes recently, you know, he, he, he got in and he, you know, he got his feet wet in the playoffs and, um, and so it, it, it does take, it does take some time and you see some trending, but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you have these teams that, you know, they're, they're kind of garbage and then they, uh, um, and then they all of a sudden win. And, and a lot of it's because they played, they played teams that weren't very good. Or you have a year like this where the NFC East had its, its champion is as a seven and nine team. And so the whole the whole division was terrible. So if you're playing that division, you're you're gonna you know you, it's an easier schedule for you. So the schedule kind of sometimes can be for you or against you in the following year. But that aside, the the, the Los Angeles Rams will be better with Matthew Stafford, provided that he can. And I think I think getting in a new situation uh, can be a very a very very helpful thing. We'll see we'll see how it. It pans out, but it's, it's fascinating. All right, well, uh, we're going to take a break. Tom Brady apparently is now saying that he could play past 45. Well, we'll talk about that more when we come back. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Okie dokes, folks, welcome back to uh, Helmets Off. Scott Mitchell here. And, uh, of course, Tom Brady. There's been much, much said about Tom Brady. But apparently Tom Brady is now saying that he wants to possibly play past 45. I know that that 45 number was thrown out there. A lot of it was from his wife, or, or supposedly, that, you know, hey, his wife wanted to um, have him home. And and she knew the time commitment, you know, like right now he's preparing for the Super Bowl. He's home. He's not at the Super Bowl site, but he is, you know, it's just, it's COVID, right? But it's also the first time a, a home team has actually hosted a Super Bowl. So he's at home. 
but his family's not. They left. Now, his family could leave and go to the French Riviera, right? I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, but nonetheless, they've left. You know, it's not like they're going to go stay at Motel 6 and they're going to be put out, is my point. They're probably, you know, somewhere fun and warm. Not that Tampa isn't warm, but, but uh, it, they understand the process. They understand that there's a sacrifice to being Tom Brady and doing what he does. Massive sacrifice. And, and uh, everyone's on board with it, but there comes a point when, you know, enough is enough. And I, I really think Tom Brady, probably his greatest attribute has been, I, 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 the norm is not normal to me. The norm is not normal to me. I'm really going to go out and I'm the guy who's going to run the new sub four minute mile. I'm going to change barriers. I'm going to change perceptions. I'm going to, I'm going to change this thing dramatically. And he has, it, it's, it's insane. 10 Super Bowl appearances, six wins, uh, you know, the, the records in the playoffs, as far as touchdown passes and yards and wins. And it's, it's, it's not even close. And, and here's a guy who's, who's 43 doing this at 43. And you look at Tom Brady and you look at Drew Brees, who are both in their 40s, and Drew Brees, you can tell, has, has fallen off. You know, it's not the same. Wasn't the same this year, wasn't the same last year. And, and even in the bigger pressure games in the playoffs, it's actually kind of uh, been exacerbated. It's, it's, it's more. You can see that it's really it's really impacting him a lot more than, than it had in the past. And so you look at Tom Brady and you're like, arm's still there, uh, could never move anyway, so that doesn't matter. Knows when and how to get rid of the ball and, and understands how to survive in the pocket and all that stuff. Uh, you know, but, but what, he's, what he does to himself to physically prepare himself as far as his nutrition, his exercise, it's just off the charts. And, and it's something that he, he really believes in. But I, I really think it's like, why set a limit on myself? I, I, I mean, I, I can tell you, I, I felt really good into my 40s. I mean, I wasn't playing football then, but, but physically it was like, yeah, I'm not, you know. And with the way they have practice, in the way they have off-season training, the way they have training camp, the rules on quarterbacks and the limits to taking shots. And, and – I mean, I, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole for just a second. This whole thing about the rule changes and everyone saying, well, you know, we want player safety. What they really want is they want the marquee quarterbacks playing. They don't want them injured. That's what, that's what drives the NFL is the popularity of the, the star athlete. And most of the stars in the NFL are quarterbacks. So it's more about product protection than it is about player safety and and so don't be fooled and deceived by it nonetheless the players are benefiting I mean the quarterbacks are you know you get these defensive linemen who want all these sacks and and maybe they get them maybe they don't but uh the quarterbacks are benefiting physiologically from the rules of football and it's allowing them to to play and, and of course the diet 
the nutrition, the, the technology, the, the training is so far advanced and it just continues to do that. So we shouldn't not expect guys to play into their forties. I mean, that's, that's, that's not an unreasonable thing. And so Tom Brady playing as long as he wants, he, it just seems to be the kind of guy that has this wry smile on his face and just say, yeah, it, you know, up yours because I'm Tom Brady and, and I've just rewritten everything. And not only did I rewrite it, I mean, I just crushed it. So yeah, absolutely. All right, take another break. I hinted on it, but um, what kind of impact has Tom Brady had on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? And, and it's really Tom Brady. I mean, there's, there's nobody else there. It's Tom Brady. All right, stick around. We'll be right back. All right, folks, welcome back to Helmets Off. Scott Mitchell, your host. Final segment of the day. Of course, we have uh, Tom Brady went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the culture changed immediately. So how, how much of an impact has Tom Brady had on the Bucks. Well, let's let's start with this. Okay, you ready? Uh, they had been to the playoffs for 13 years. It's a team that probably over the span of its whole existence has the worst win-loss per- percentage. They've been the yucks forever. Okay, the big sombrero, the yucks, the terrible, you know, creamsicle uniforms, all that stuff. Uh, they had a, they had kind of a little era of you know in the 90s when they kind of you know okay they but other than that they've not been a team that's won and and you you have this new coach that comes in Bruce Arians okay Bruce Arians is a culture changer I mean he's part of part of the deal but he also has to get the right quarterback there to make sure that it happens and when he's had the right quarterback good things have happened. But you got to have the quarterback. Well, uh, it was a it was a gamble across the board for the Buccaneers, but also for Tom Brady because I mean you're going to a perennial loser, and and Bruce Arians going you're 43, and clear and clearly they they've been there've been some you know uh, bumps along the road, and and what's great about Bruce Arians is he's like. I'm not pulling punches. I mean, this is what changes a culture is when you, you can talk to all of your players honestly. And, and Tom Brady wants honest feedback. Any great player wants it. So, so that relationship and those struggles, you know, it, it's a real thing. But I will tell you this, and I believe this, I believe this to the depth of my soul. When Tom Brady walked through the front door of the Buccaneers facility, that whole entire organization changed. They now believed they could win. And that's about 90% of the battle. And may, maybe it's maybe it's not a thing. Maybe it's smoke and mirrors. Maybe it's overhyped. I don't, I, I actually don't believe so. But when you feel like we got Tom Brady and and somehow, you know what, we're we're gonna win. And here go the Buccaneers. And, and they had bumps along the road, but anyone's going to have that. Anyone, it, it, there's, always, there's always ups and downs in any NFL season. And quite frankly, you want them. 
and you need them because those are kind of the, those are the, um, those are the moments of truth. Those are the things that kind of gut check you. Say, all right, what you made of? You got a bump in the road. You lost a game. You didn't play well. What are you going to do about it? You just threw an interception. What are you going to do about it? You just fumbled. What are you going to do about it? And, and so having that is always a very healthy thing. Very healthy thing. It's, it's, an, it's an honesty check when you have bumps in the road. Well, they had the bumps in the road, and they went through them. And all I could think about was the moment that Buccaneers got to the playoffs, I was like, this is why Tom Brady's here. Tom Brady knows how to win in the playoffs better than anyone who's ever lived on the planet. And if you ever want a guy to lead you through that, and you because you haven't been through it, Tom Brady is, you know, like qualified beyond belief. All these players, all their their uh, their hesitations, their their you know lack of knowledge, lack of you know experience, it didn't matter. All they had to do is go look at Tom Brady. Oh, uh, Tom's Tom's okay right now. So we're okay. You know what? Tom's a little fired up right now. We need to get fired up. And, and it's, it's that beacon, like, like that just etched in stone beacon that just says, yep, follow that. That right there, Tom Brady is going to lead us to a Super Bowl. Whether, whether it was or it wasn't the truth, it was the truth because that's what they believed and that's what they did. Uh, which I find, I find absolutely fascinating. So here's Tom Brady. And now everybody's saying, well, you know, clearly Brady had a bigger impact on everything uh, than Bill Belichick. I mean, Brady was the more important part. And I'm going to tell you right now, if anyone believes that, it's a lie. The most important part of Tom Brady is Bill Belichick. And you can, and, 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 and clearly, I mean, it's not even an argument, and I'll tell you why. Bill Belichick brought Tom Brady in. Tom Brady goes and um, replaces Drew Bledsoe who took the team to a Super Bowl, who was a, an amazing player, first pick in the draft, uh, a, a great talent, pro, pro Bowl player, prolific guy. And uh, so they take him uh, out, and, and Brady replaces him. Well, the guy gets healthy again. Bill Belichick has a choice. I can uh, keep Brady in there, or, or I can put back – which everyone would say you should do is put back Drew, Drew Bledsoe, and he doesn't. He stays with Tom Brady. And that was a gutsy move. And he could say now, oh, yeah, see what I mean? See, I knew all this stuff. I doubt he did. Uh, but it was a gutsy move when Drew, Drew Bledsoe was healthy because Tom Brady was just okay. They were winning, but he wasn't like lighting the world on fire. And then what Bill Belichick did is he taught Tom Brady how everybody thinks. Like, like as far as knowledge and detail goes, probably not 
a better person in the NFL than Bill Belichick. He probably he probably knows more than anybody, right? So, um, he took all of that knowledge and he taught Tom Brady how coaches think, how they prepare, uh, not offensive coaches, defensive coaches. And when you understand the philosophy of a defense, what they're trying to do, it's a game changer. Most coaches don't, they don't think that way. They teach you your offensive scheme. And, and Bilicek taught it to him the other way around, which I think is brilliant. This is what the defense is trying to do. And, and you've got to understand that, and this is how you beat it. And so Tom Brady would have never been Tom Brady if Bill Belichick had said, yeah, Drew Bledsoe's ready to play. It would have never happened. Maybe it would have happened down the road, but nowhere near. This guy comes in his second, third year in the NFL. I mean, he essentially comes in like Patrick Mahomes is right now. And he's in there leading the team to the freaking Super Bowl. And his first year of playing, which is just phenomenal, and wins it. And then he just keeps winning it. And it doesn't happen without Bill Belichick. And it doesn't happen, quite frankly, without Bill, Bill Belichick's tutelage, his, his development, his sharing of uh, information. But beyond that, he also gave Tom Brady the pieces. He got him a, a, a Ben Coates. He got him a, an Aaron Hernandez, Hernandez before. He got him a Chad Johnson. He got him a Randy Moss. He got him a Wes Welker. He got him a, a, a Danny Amendola and a, a Julian Edelman. And he got him a Corey Dillon. And he got him a, a really, really solid offensive line every year. And, and he had players around him. And he had a great system. And he had a great tutelage. And he had an opportunity. And, and Bill Belichick gave that to him. 100%. So it doesn't happen. Tom Brady isn't who he is. Um, Bill Belichick had more to do with that success than Tom Brady ever did. Now, he delivered. He bought into it. He was a great student. But he was not the one that was given the opportunity. And and I think, I think Tom Brady actually has acknowledged that and would say it. So... Anyways, uh, Super Bowl be fun. Uh, glad you tuned in. Uh, Helmets Off is now off. Please uh, subscribe. Uh, go to uh, download us. We love all that stuff. Go to Facebook at the Helmets Off Podcast, Twitter at the Helmets Off Show. And until then, we'll see you. Years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. 
But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.